everybody and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit more about some of the Modern Horizons 2 shit. Uh, wow, what a surprise. Uh, yeah, because we only managed to get through about, just about half, I would say, yeah. of, of some of the stuff. And honestly, with the size of the set, it's hard to comb through every card. Um, so we're just picking shit that we think is cool and will help us in our decks and some things that might have some interesting strategies to play around uh, when it comes out. Uh, yeah, so let's start it back off. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the fact that Zurn Orb is now legal in, in Modern. That was pretty cool. Um, and Karth the Lion. Have you checked that out? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when he enters the battlefield or a planeswalker you control dies, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Here's the big, here's the thick boy. Uh, planeswalker loyalty abilities you activate cost an additional add a loyalty counter to activate. So even the negatives give you the add a loyalty. Yeah. I think that's pretty sick. Super good. Everybody's been talking about the Garuk with it. Because yeah. you can just immediately Garuk. It's like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that seems pretty neat. Um, I know you're excited about Scurry Oak. Oh, yeah. I'm super pumped for that. I mean, this card is just combo-centric. There's quite a few ways to just go infinite with it. And it's uh, Squirrels. You know, you get infinite squirrels quite easily. And you also get just an infinitely big dude. So, yeah, I love it. It's sick. Yeah. And um, we were talking about just the just the overall creep of good artifacts in Liquid Metal... Uh, what the fuck is that name? Torque? Yeah. Torque, yeah. Yep. Liquid Metal Torque. It's a two-drop artifact that taps for one. So it already passes the decent mana rock test. But it has the secondary ability. It says target non-land permanent becomes an artifact in addition to other types until end of turn. Green and, and red especially have a lot of targeted artifact destruction. White in the same boat. And, you know, sometimes you just need to blow something up. You know, if you're a red deck, you have trouble getting rid of enchantments. But you can destroy artifacts pretty easily. So you can use this thing to turn an enchantment into an artifact and blow it up. Yeah. I think this card is definitely an immediate staple in pretty much any green or any red deck because you're just lacking on straight creature removal. So now you can just turn any creature into an artifact and blow it up. It force a vigor it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn your your, you know, beater or whatever, or your value engine creature, I'm gonna turn it into an artifact and uh it's yeah. gonna it's gonna get destroyed. Yeah. You got a combo y creature. Alright, well guess what? I just turned it into an artifact and you're gonna try to go over top of it on my crows and grip. Yep. Uh, a reprint of Skurg Familiar. I love Skurg Familiar. It is a bonkers card. It's a five drop Phyrexian imp with flying. Uh, it's a three two, but the kicker is discard a card, add one black. Now in CDH Gnaws strategies and putting a ton of things into your hand are pretty are really dominant right now. Um, but you know, Skirk Familiar isn't really used in those. It's more in the the high tier like sevens and eights kind of decks. 
that you skirk familiar mono black does it a lot yeah. um the first time i was ever turn zero killed by an edh deck it was with skirk familiar um yeah it was a turn one entomb exhum skirk familiar uh discard um what was it play a mana crypt play a free rock he had two cards left discard both of those played Adnaz. it was literally turn zero I can't remember the exact line of play but he was part of it and I then can... that was what he used that's what he used to kill us <laughs> right was uh was Skirk familiar because he played sickening dreams which is a two drop discard X cards everybody takes X damage so he gnaws through his whole library and killed everybody yeah I can dumb. I can definitely see that like for sure uh popping up in edh for sure there's so especially like say you're playing like demir say you you don't have ad nauseum and you're playing demir or something and you bust this out throw some greaves on it and then the next turn you just traumatize yourself for half your library and then you just pitch everything and you happen to have your torment to hellfire now in your hand and you just pitch everything and torment to hellfire the whole board for yeah massive i mean i've done that like like a lot <laughs> yeah so um we got a we got a legendary print that was pretty neat. Uh, Torok, Dread Canter, uh, a two drop with kicker two black it is a two one human cleric protection from white. Whenever an opponent discards a card, you put a plus one plus one counter on Torok Dread Canter. When Torok enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, target opponent discards two cards at random. So this is from the card Him to Torok, uh, which is a two black spell from I think Fallen Empires or some shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And it just says uh, an opponent discards two cards at random. Uh, pretty strong. You don't give them the choice to discard their worst cards. You have the chance to discard the best card. Uh, and it's cheap. Cheap as fuck. Yeah, I really like this. I mean, if you're running this as your commander and you uh, draw your first seven and you have Dark Deal in there... You cast this guy on, you know, turn one or turn two, and then either turn two or turn three, dark deal, everyone discards their hand. Everybody at the table discards their hand. This dude's now massive, and then you can just, boom, you know, one-shot somebody or, you know, maybe not one-shot them, but within two turns, they're going to have no answers. So, Yeah, they better have drawn an answer, and now you've probably fucked their land, you know. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah pretty interesting um one of the next things was suspend which is a blue instant for one blue exile target creature and put two time counters on it if it doesn't have suspend it gains suspend so uh suspend reads that at the beginning of your upkeep if this card is suspended you remove one time counter when there are no time counters left on this card you may cast it if it's a creature it has haste so uh one more, one mo one drop removal for blue. Great, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good, too. I mean, instant speed, one mana, suspend. That, at least if, like, you know, someone's trying to combo off with a creature or something, you give everybody else two more turns to be like, okay, we got to get an answer for it when it comes back. Hopefully somebody has a counter spell to just counter it when they go to recast it off the suspend or whatnot. But, yeah, solid, solid card in blue. I mean. Yep. Uh, we got a full fucking cycle of artifact duels, which is insane. Yeah. Because 
if you know anything about the artifact lands like Ancient Den and Tree of Tales, Vault of Whispers, Seat of the Synod, and... What's the other one? Fuck. I can't think of the last one. What, co what color? What am I missing? Great Furnace. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Great, Great Furnace. Furnace. Those are the five artifact lands from the Mirrodin block. And now we just got fucking ten more of them. Yep. And uh, they're freaking indestructible. Yeah, that's... They enter tapped, like all the duels do nowadays for the most part. But the fact that they're indestructible is just the cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, like, Sahili decks where you're getting free value on your land drop. Yeah. You know, your spell costs X less, where X is the number of artifacts you control. You can control this, and Darksteel Citadel, and Ancient Den, and Sea of the Synod. That's four in your land zone. Yeah. You know, those are harder to fuck with. It, it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm really, I really like that they did it. Um, I'm interested to see how Modern is going to react, because uh, I think Affinity is now going to be back on the table. Maybe they get Hammer banned instantly, because the original uh, five are all banned. Yeah. I like the, what the prof said about it, is basically, like, they've kind of created a new Modern. Like, with the amount of cards that came out in Modern Horizons 1 and in this Modern Horizons, it's basically almost creating a new Modern. Yeah, I agree. So. I agree. Um, one, of the, one of the more interesting cards is uh, pretty hard to say. I think it's 14 syllables. Uh, should we even attempt this? I can't do it. I'm going to try. As Morano Marduk... Marta cast in a cool car. Cool, cool to car. Man, that was pretty close. That was pretty close. <laughs> uh, it is a card that is a red black legendary creature, human wizard, uh, originally mentioned uh, in Alpha. Um, the underworld cook is essentially what the flavor is, literally. Uh, uh, but the, the, the card itself, its entire card name takes up the whole text box. Uh, the only way you can cast it is if, as long as you have discarded a card this turn, you may pay a red or a black to cast this spell. When they, when they enter the battlefield, I'm not saying their name. When they enter the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named the Underworld Cookbook. Reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Sacrifice two foods. Target creature deals six damage to itself. So, interesting little removal kind of aspect there. Um, the Underworld Cookbook is a one-drop artifact. It says, tap, discard a card, create a food token. So, it can feed you into that food-to-damage kind of ratio thing pretty easily. Um, four, sacrifice the Underworld Cookbook. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's got a little recursion on there, but mostly you're there to juice the foods out so that you can start blowing people's shit up. Yeah, I like it. The flavor's sick. I mean, Underworld Cook, I mean, yeah, they're going to poison you with food. So, yeah. It's it's interesting. Creatures eat that food and then they just damage themselves to yeah. death. Yeah. Uh, next we have Glimpse of Tomorrow, one of the new suspend cards. It's a suspend three for two red. Shuffle all permanents you own into your library, then reveal that many cards from the top of your library. Put all non-aura permanent cards revealed this way onto the battlefield, then do the same for aura cards. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So it's basically like a warp world for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Seems fun. Yeah. 
the uh, Imperial Recruiter reprint. Interesting. They've reprinted it, what, f- three times now? Yeah. And so it sti- be, still holds a, a commanding price, still. Yeah. I do like how in the uh, extended art, um, Kiki Jiki and Pestermite are both both in the background. Yeah. Which is the combo, if you're unfamiliar. Uh, <laughs> Kiki Jiki makes a copy of Pestermite. When Pestermite enters the battlefield, you can tap her on tap target creature. So you untap Kiki Jiki, you make a hasty Pestermite. And repeat that cycle yeah. until... And, and you're you're going to be Imperial recruiting one into the Pestermite, right? You can re- Imperial or recruit both one. of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, interesting reprint there. Pretty cool art. Uh, dress Down, a blue enchantment. For one in a blue, it has Flash. When Dress Down enters the battlefield, draw a card, so it cantrips you. Creatures lose all abilities. At the beginning of the end step, sacrifice Dress Down. Um... I think this would be hilarious to gap somebody with whenever they're relying on like a laboratory maniac win. Yeah, or Oracle. It doesn't affect it doesn't, Oracle. It doesn't hit. It okay. does not affect Thassa's Oracle because the uh, the triggered ability goes on the stack. Oh yeah. And they'll yeah. already have no cards in their library, and it's it's less than or equal to. So even if they have no devotion or anything, they still win the game, which is okay. Which Fair is, enough. You but know, it's still still great. Great card. Don't worry. Primeval Titan's banned, though. <laughs> um, next up, we have the absolutely shit bonkers Gaia's Will. You can you can do this one, Dale. This is a green card. So, Gaia's Will is a sorcery speed suspend four. Until the end of turn, you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card would be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. So, yeah, I mean, this is just absolutely just nutty. I mean, it's Yawgmoth's Will, but in green, that you can just cascade into for free. I mean, dude, this is a powerhouse. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that this has, like, is probably in my like top three best cards from the set it's insane dude yeah it's it's fucking stupid they literally gave so if you're unfamiliar with how suspend cards work with cascade or anything like that cascade allows you to cast these cards for free right and uh cards like as foretold and any of the expertise cards uh, which allow you to cast a spell after they do their effect, allow you to cast this. So this is essentially free Yawgmoth's Will in green. Now, if somebody's suspending this, you can do a little more to fuck with their plan, obviously. But this can just pop pop you out of nowhere. Like, absolutely just destroy you. Somebody casts Maelstrom Wander or something and cascades into something and then this... Yeah. You know, like, boof. That's just painful to look at. And like we said, green is just getting the hard, hard push in this. And not to say there's there's no good cards in any other color. There's just so much value in the set. And that's why they want to charge you like 900 fucking dollars for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they don't care about the secondary market, so... Yeah, that's true. Fun. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, new Boros General. 
General Ferris Rakirik. Yeah, one, a red and white. Uh, legendary creature, human soldier. Hexproof from mono-colored. Yeah. So, uh, this guy's going to dodge, like, a fuckload of removal yeah. spells. Yeah, Mo most of the predominantly played. Yeah. No paths, no swords. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, no bl murders or any of the Murder, doom blades, the anything. Yeah. anything. Yeah. And whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a four-four red-white golem artifact creature token. Uh, for a three-drop, that is hexproof from essentially removal. You know, you're going to need a vindicate. You're going to need an utter end or a anguished on making. Um, you're going to need a damage spell that is multicolored because he's a three-one. But you can't hit him with a lightning bolt. You can't hit him with a you know this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, he's it, he's really good. I mean, it. He's gonna stick he, around. He's really good, but honestly, it's the typical Boros fashion of just like beatdown. I mean, are you're you making gonna, dudes? You're yeah, making yeah. dudes and swinging. So it's gonna just be another aggro Boros build. But I really do like the resilience. Like, he dodges the best removal in the formats. Yeah, definitely. You know, like... Like, outside of, like, white-black and green-black, those are the most predominant multicolored removal spells that I probably come across. Or even white-red. You know, your lightning helixes, your burn throughs, your which I never see that because barely anybody plays white red. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <You know>? fair. <laughs> it's normally like a maelstrom pulse or, or something. You know, yeah, abrupt decay or something. Uh, the new Merfolk God, a three drop, Svelium, uh, Svelum, Svelin. What do you what do you what do you guess? Svelin. Salon of Sea and Sky. Uh, a 3-4 three, for 3. Uh, has indestructible as long as you control at least two other merfolk. When Svelin attacks, draw a card. Other merfolk you control have Ward 1. So it puts the... What is it? The... No. The Kirig... What's... Kapala. Kapala was the... The thing that said your merfolks can't be targeted unless they pay an extra 1 or something. Some yeah. Shit. Puts that ability on a... On a a god creature for three. This is just strictly better Copala almost. Yeah, I, I really like this. I think this is really great. I mean, Merfolk Tribal, I mean, isn't really that big in EDH. I mean, if you dabble into Simic, maybe you see some yeah. Merfolk Tribal. But, I mean, for Mono Blue, I think this actually pushes Merfolk Tribal actually pretty decent into Mono Blue. Just the ability that Ward won on all of your Merfolk really helps out a lot and yeah. the fact that it's a three four for three mana so like you can swing with it you know you can yeah, swing and if in. it's indestructible then you don't got to worry about you know getting shit on it. and it draws you a card yeah it wants you to swing with it so yeah nice aggro blue card i like it yeah uh fillet essence i thought was an interesting card it is a three mana one and two black sorcery and exile with an upside. Yeah. So, exile target creature or planeswalker, you gain life equal to the number of counters on it. This is a great, you know, it's not a hero's downfall where you can do it on, you know, anybody's turn. It's an instant. But you're going to exile a planeswalker and get something out of it. Yeah. 
And I mean, honestly, right now in the meta that I've been playing in, there's a lot of plus one, plus one counter, like tribal stuff going on where it just... They're having big, huge fatties with, you know, 10 plus one counters on it, hydras with tons of counters on it, and just three mana be able to remove some hydra that's like a 86-86 and be like, yeah, I'll take that life. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just for a, a single, uh, it's an uncommon exile with an upside. Yeah. You know, just more push a little bit. Um. We gotta talk about Ignoble Hierarch. Probably going to be the most played card of this entire set across modern. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the design, uh, Noble Hierarch is a one green uh, creature, zero one with exalted, that taps for Bant colors. So it taps for uh, blue, white, and and green. And Ignoble Hierarch is literally the same thing, but it taps for Jund. taps for black, red, green. Uh, Jund got turned off their turn two lilies. I was just talking with, with Dale about this today. Um, Jund got turned off their turn two lilies because Deathrite Shaman was banned. This allows you to turn two Liliana of the Veil. Again. Uh, She's back. Which is really strong. <laughs> I think that card is disgusting. It's going to be... It's in an extremely expensive set. I think it's going to settle around 60 bucks. It's going to be a 4 of in Jun decks moving forward. If you're not playing Ignoble Hierarch in your Jun deck, it's not going to be fast enough. Yeah. You know? You can now... Just clap somebody with a turn 2 Lily. If, you are, if you're on the play, and you play... Forest and this dude, and you play a swamp afterwards and crack a turn two lily, it doesn't matter if they have a Tarmogoyf or whatever. You can just neg her down and kill it. Yeah. It's just really strong. Yeah. Definitely, if you're if you're picking up packs of this, cracking packs or whatever, and you come across that in your rare slot, don't get rid of it. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things. Like, Noble Hierarch, at the time that it was printed, was like, oh, this is okay. It was yeah. like a it was like a four to six dollar card. They announced modern as a format. <laughs> yeah. That card blew up. You know, it was fifty, sixty bucks a piece. Yeah. And now that it has a shitload of printings, you know, it's been printed three more times. It's still a fifteen dollar, twelve dollar card. Yeah. And this thing, they aren't gonna reprint for a fucking while, probably. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's a goblin, the fact that it makes Jund and it's one mana, it's just yeah, it's great. God, I didn't wish I didn't sell my Jund deck. You know like, what I mean? I mean, definitely modern's going to drive the price for this for sure, 100%. and it's going to keep it way up there. But it's, I mean, this card is going to be used in a plethora of Jund EDH decks too. I mean, you got tons of like what legacy Jund food chain, all that type of stuff. Like, I mean. Yeah. This is just a solid card for EDH as well. Yeah, so. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. Lonus, Cryptozoologist, Legendary Creature, Snake Elf Scout. Uh, it's a two drop. It's a Simic. One green. Or what the hell is that? Quandrix. Quandrix, yep. yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a Quandrix or a Simic card 
one green, one blue, for a 1-2, whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, investigate. If you're unfamiliar with investigate, you create a clue token, which says, pay to tap, sack, draw a card. Um, but uh, Lonus has the ability, tap, sacrifice, X clues. Target opponent reveals the top X cards of their library. You may put a non-land permanent card with mana value X or less from among them onto the battlefield under your control. That player puts the rest of the of, on the bottom of their library in a random order. I love playing your stuff decks. Like, I take your stuff. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I think those decks are fun as fuck. People really hate them. Because they're... Uh, Neil, especially. <laughs> yeah. Neil plays a, a take your stuff deck. He, in Hydar, he uses his Gilded Drake and bounces it and takes her shit again and bounces it and takes her shit. Uh, but he fucking hates to have his shit stolen. Yeah, I think anybody who plays those types of decks don't like when it comes back around to them. 100, 100%. <laughs> so, but I, I like that too. I mean, I like that I like that style as well. It's it's not an unfair style, and, and it, I like yeah, it. Yeah, it has the, the... It can be political. It can be funny and splashy. Like, you know, sometimes you might just get a soul ring out of it. Yeah. You know, like, is it... It's non it's non land, yeah. So you can even get soul ring and ramp and stuff like that. I don't know, I, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. The uh, the cycling they did a bunch of ba- basic land cycling cards. Um, but the thing that creates tokens and we just went over this, uh, Fey Offering. I think in a balanced EDH deck where you're going to be casting non-creatures and creatures. This is an auto-include. It's fucking disgusting. It's a three-drop enchantment. Two and a green. It says, at the beginning of each end step, if you cast both a creature and a non-creature this turn, create a clue, a food, and a treasure token. That value is nuts. Yeah, this card is really good. I already am thinking of a few decks I might want to just play around with it in, but the deck that it's 100% going in is Chatterfang, the squirrel deck I'm building that's from this set as well. Because, I mean, dude, all you got to do is cast two spells, and next thing you know, you get three tokens and three squirrels. I mean... Does Chatterfang trigger on every token? Yeah, any token. Yeah, so good. So good. I love it. I think it's an awesome card. Wow. That's pretty broke. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of pretty broke, um, the new reanimation spell from this set, Persist. Uh, for one in a black, it's a sorcery. At rare, return target non-legendary creature from your graveyard to the battlefield with a neg one, neg one on it. Well, let me tell you what. If I'm going to be using this two-drop spell to bring something, it's going to be big enough that it doesn't care about the one neg one, neg one, or I'm going to be winning the game so it does not going to be caring about the neg one, <laughs> neg one anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I glanced over this one at first and didn't really, like, realize it. I, I was thinking it was another one of the effects where it's like it had to be, like, put in the grave this turn. But no. No okay. such luck. Yeah. yeah it's just a reanimation great. spell for two. <laughs> That puts a neg one, neg one counter on it. How sad. Yeah. 
Oh, this is this is so abusable. So yeah. abusable. Uh, comboing with uh, Fey offering, I think. Now, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like 90% sure. Academy Manufacturer. It's a three-drop assembly worker artifact creature. Uh, it's a 1-3. If you would create a food, a clue, or a treasure token, instead, create one of each. I'm like 90% sure that if Fey Offering triggers and this dude's on the battlefield, you get three clues, three foods, three treasures. Yeah, because it's if you would create a clue, food, or treasure. And so it would trigger on the clue, on the, clue. the food, and the treasure. Yeah. I'm like pretty sure. Yeah, I think so. Man, if you would get that in limited... Like imagine getting that in limited <laughs> and Chatterfang. Oh, dude, you just get a just get to sweep everybody. Yeah, that's <laughs> especially because they're both a three drop, a three drop, and then Chatterfang's also a three drop. Like it's all right on curve together to be able to just pump these out like one after another. Like yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty nuts. Um, Mirari's weight got a pretty sweet reprint in a uh, extended art, which I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I like, the, I like art. the art. I definitely do. Um, I don't think it's going to see modern play. I think it was just a good reprint. Like, yeah, It's had four reprints or some shit. It's been in Commander deck. I know it was in like Battle Bond, was it? Yeah, one of those. One of those like supplemental sets or yeah. like Conspiracy or some shit. I don't remember. Um, but Yavi Maya Cradle of Growth. Each land is a forest in addition to its other types. So they made a green Urborg. Yeah, it's. I think that's pretty broken. There's a lot of crazy shenanigans you can do with that. Oof. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that one aside from... Yeah, you're, you'll probably soon find out about that one after this set comes out. Because yeah. people are going to be running the crap out of it. And there's going to be all sorts of shit with like... Gitrog and like just all sorts of stuff you could do with it. So Yep. Yep. Uh Ragavan, Nimble Pilfer. Now, I've seen this already get brewed into some sweet fucking CDH decks. Uh it's a one drop. It's a red mana for a two one when Ragavan Nimble Pilfer deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library. Until end of turn, you may cast that card. It also has the dash ability for one and a red. It says you may cast the spell for its dash. If you do, it gains haste, and it's returned to the uh, from the battlefield to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So, I think this thing's nuts. Uh, if you're versing a bunch of decks that are trying to turbo you out, they're going to be trying to stack or tutor or do whatever to make sure that they you know, I was I was listening, or not listening I was watching some shit on uh, on Twitter, and someone said that they had exiled somebody's ad nos with it nice. and like, somebody else's uh, like, win condition like, one of their win conditions and they're just like, because CEDH decks are so dense, every card that you exile, minus lands is going to be impactful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this thing's fucking awesome. I like it, too. Plus, we talked about the flavor. Uh, 
the original in Aether Revolt was Kari Zev, who makes a Ragavan token, which was a 2-1 monkey. Uh, and now Ragavan has his own card. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's like, if you're into, like, pirate, you know, lore, everyone knows there's always the one little pesky nabbing monkey that hangs out with the captain that hops overboard. I mean, they did it in freaking Pirates of the Caribbean and tons of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely sweet flavor. I, yeah. I love it. I love the dash mechanic. Honestly, that's one of my more beloved mechanics in Magic is dash. Yeah. And because he makes the treasure token, he turns his dash cost into a red because you get the free, the free treasure. So yeah. you can just pay the one red on the treasure. Or if you want to stockpile the treasures, that's whatever, but... It allows you to get those free cards, which is, yeah. you know, what Red wants to do anyway. Oh, lordy. There's so much fucking shit in this set. Uh, reprint of Sterling Grove. That yeah. was needed. Yeah, that, that's a real good reprint. Definitely needed. Uh, it's a it's a Celestnia. Uh, I don't think that was one of the schools, right? Uh, no. No, good. Celestnia. Uh, enchantment. All other enchantments you control have Shroud. And for one, you can sacrifice Sterling Groad and tutor for an enchantment. Pretty good. Yeah, I don't I I don't play and I never have played too many enchantment heavy uh Selesnia or Naya decks aside from uh Uril, but I didn't have that because obviously it was too expensive. But there's been plenty of decks that I've went up against, like Tuvasa or anything else like that, where it's just like you really want Sterling Grove because it basically just shuts down anyone from touching anything on your board. Like, yeah, like combined with like privileged position, yeah. where they each give each other hexproof. And then it's just like you can't touch my board. Yeah, <laughs> unless you have a mass enchantment removal, which no Hard to come by. nobody's really running mass enchantment. Yep. Uh, we talked at length about the Esper Sentinel which is what white has needed. Esper Sentinel is a one-drop artifact creature human soldier who's a 1-1. One, one. And whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is his power. So it's do you pay the one for non-creatures for one drop in white? Yeah. I think it's great. I think white needs more of these effects. I think that, you know, the... Smothering Tithe was great. Monologue Tax was okay. Um, this guy's really fucking good. Yeah, solid. I mean, you have any one of the swords at all, slap it on there. Now it's getting protection from whatever colors that you're giving it protection from, and they have to pay three now at that point, which more than likely they're not paying three, unless Correct. it's late game and they're really trying to, like, win. Keep you out, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, really what White needed. Uh, speaking of which, Solitude, which is a mythic, 5-drop, uh, 3 and 2 White. It has Flash and Lifelink, and it's a 3-2, but here's the kicker. When Solitude enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power with Evoke. Exile a White card from your hand. Praise be. We got a free... Swords to plowshares. Yeah. White has needed this forever. Yep. Like, white's free card shit is always like, 
if they do this, then gain seven life or some dumb fucking thing like that. This is some good, meaty removal on a dude that is castable for free. Like, people are going to have to watch out for this now. It's not, is the white player tapped out? Can they, can they path my thing? Now it's like, they could have solitude in hand and, and cap my shit uh, for free, which is great. Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, Solitude and Esper Sentinel are pretty much what Wizards needs to do for like five sets, six sets yeah, in a row to exactly. really get white to where it needs to be. So I'm really happy with both of those cards. Great job by Wizards R&D for finally hooking white up with some Thank actual goodness. utility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Sanctum Weaver... Another bomb ass green card. They put Sarah's Sanctum on a dude uh, in, in mono green. So, it, for one in a green, it's an enchantment creature dryad. Add X mana of any one color where X is the number of enchantments you control. Well, it's an enchantment creature, so you're always going to get one, regardless. Yeah. And uh, Sarah's Sanctum, I don't know if you know this, pretty good card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the Celestia enchantment decks, it's gonna be sick. Yeah, gonna be nuts. I think it's gonna be great. I mean, it's an immediate auto occlude in Tuvasa. Like, I mean, I mean, there's so many decks. This thing's just gonna have to go into immediately. Yeah. So, pretty disgusting. The uh, the new Cauldra uh, legendary equipment. Cauldra uh, Complete, which is great Phyrexian lore, great Phyrexian uh, exposition. It's a 7-drop, which is shitty. But Cauldra Complete has Living Weapon, which means when you put it onto the battlefield, you create a 0-0 germ token and attach this to it. It is indestructible. Equipped creature gets plus 5, plus 5, plus 5. Plus five and has first strike, trample, indestructible, haste, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature as equipped seven. So uh, basically, this is now every Stoneforge target, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, your Stoneforge can crap this out for two mana. <laughs> yeah. On turn three. Three. Yeah. And now you've got a fucking huge beater that's indestructible with first strike and trample and haste and it but yeah and like i mean at that point like if we're talking like modern you're gonna be pretty much forced to have to block this thing and when you do it's like okay whatever you block with bye bye it's gone for good yeah like yeah i think this thing's like really good i mean Seriously. I, yeah. It's nuts. it's literally all it's of nuts. the original Cauldra equipments combined into one. Yeah, coming the, onto the, the art is disgusting too. Uh Vincent Prost always always a master, but if you look at this thing, it is wearing all the pieces of the Cauldra armor and wielding the sword of Cauldra. And it's just like this big bug looking thing. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Super sick. I love it. You know, it's going to be one of those things that's like, is it going to take off in modern? I can't even remember if Stoneforge was unbanned. 
Is yeah. that correct? Stoneforge was on Stoneforge is unbanned. So this might push like the Stoneforge control, dead guy builds and stuff like that. Uh, because this is a strict, I think, strict upgrade to Batterskull. Yeah. Uh, this has haste, a 5-5 five, five beater with all those keywords, and, and haste on turn three. Yeah, I mean, with the trample too, it's like, I mean, on turn three, what are you going to really have that is, like, even going to slow this thing down? I mean, it's just going to trample over whatever they might have out, or... Yeah. At that point, they're they're probably just not even going to block because they're not going to just waste exiling their creature and still getting hit with four damage or, you know, three. Yep. Um, I really like the flavor of Altar of the Goif. Yeah. The next card. Tribal Artifact, Lurgoif. That's hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For five mana, when a very creature you control attacks, it gets plus... X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of card types among cards in all graveyards. Lurgoif creatures you control have trampled. That's so fucking funny to me. Like, if you... Everyone knows about Tarmogoyf, and by some extension, the Lurgoyf. And now there's more tar There's more Goyfs coming in, like, this set. And it gives a specific buff to Lurgoyf creatures. <laughs> yeah. So, all... Changelings and Lurgoifs. It that's so funny. Yeah, I like it. It's sick. Um, uh, I think damn is pretty damn good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a two black sorcery. Destroy target creature. A creature destroyed this way cannot be regenerated with overload. Two and two white. So it is a damnation, or it is a single target removal that turns into a wrath if you need it to. Yeah, definitely. I mean, freaking Alenda. Like, well, I, there's been a lot of uh, Orzov decks I've seen floating around, at least in our meta around here. And I'm like, oh, I think it's just all Tyler. I think Tyler is literally the only person <laughs> who just keeps playing Orzov decks. Yeah, well. I play against him a lot, so <laughs> I'm like, oh you man! Just see now I have time. to. Now I have to know he's gonna have this in his deck now too. Like I don't know. I I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, if you're running a deck and you want to cut your board wipes down, you can just cut out your wrath because now you can just run this because it's just more utility. If you need the wrath, it's there. If you just need the single target, you can. You know. So yeah, I like it. Uh, the new Planeswalker is Gaedrone Dihada. I don't know if I said that right. But it's a Grixis Planeswalker uh, that says... Uh, protection from permanence with corruption counters on them. Uh, it's plus one is each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Put a corruption counter on up to one other target creature or Planeswalker... You can minus three to gain control of target creature or planeswalker until end of turn, untap it, and put a corruption counter on it. It gains haste. Or it's neg seven, gain control of each permanent with a corruption counter on it. It's steal your stuff. Um, and make sure that it's protected from your stuff at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I like this card. When I first seen it, I thought it was pretty cool for Gr I'm not really a big Grixis fan outside of Nekuzar, but... I, I do like this. I like this style, being able to uh, put them corruption counters on things and have the protection from them, and then also be able to just steal them and, yeah. and use them against 
man. I, I like it. And I think it's really aggressively costed. It's a it's a four starting loyalty for four. So Grixis in one. I think it's easily playable. Um, it can be a win condition, too. If you're putting corruption counters on stuff, that stuff just can't hurt. Uh, can't hurt them. And then at negative seven, you can just gain control of everything with a corruption counter on it. So you put you put it on the biggest beasties, the biggest things, and then take them. Yeah, I like it. Interesting, interesting. Uh, planeswalker. The uh, the green um, evoke creature is endurance, one and two green for an elemental incarnation with flash and reach. When it enters the battlefield, up to one target player puts all the cards from their graveyard at the bottom of their library in a random order. It's a vote costs exile a green card from your hand. Uh, that's hilarious. Graveyard decks can get shit on for zero mana. <laughs> like, that's already possible with Tormod script and stuff, but this is like evoke with flash on their turn. They're like trying to wombo combo somebody out, you know? You can do this for Mike Trite combo. You can do this for Ballistic Mike combo. And uh, what the fuck is it? Necrotic Ooze combos and stuff. Because they have to, uh, like, as soon as the Necrotic Ooze comes out, you can just flip their whole graveyard. And you can do it for free. Yeah, I, I really like it. I mean, in the meta that, I, that I've that i been playing here lately, I haven't seen too much of that lately. But about a year and a half ago, you know, Mike Trike, stuff like that was real huge. And it was always like a struggle of finding what cards do I want to slot in my deck because I know I'm going up against them. But this one is one of those ones I'm like, ah, I can slot this in pretty much any green deck just because the value is so good. Being able to flash flash it in or evoke it like i mean it gives two green devotion it's a three four for three with reach with flash as well <laughs> yeah. so it, it's a pretty decent creature yeah i mean and the fact that you can cast it for free on somebody else's turn when they're trying to fuck you you know you can do this in response on turn zero look i'm the guy who fucking tries to ex you know reanimate you know on shoulder it on like turn one yeah. I do that. <laughs> yeah. So if, if, if I chuck Shouldered in the bin on turn one with some fast mana, and you're just like, man, just put that back in your deck. I'm like, ah, god damn it. Yep, yep. Like, eh. Yeah, I like it. I, I just really like anything that shuts down those graveyard reanimation combos. Like, I just really do. Because in the early stages of me playing Magic... I got beat up so much by just stupid freaking Triskelion and Dude, walking right ballistas. It's like, ah, finally, a card that's like super solid, low to the ground, three CMC, a good creature, but also just has a solid ability to just shut down the opponent. Yeah, I love it. Yep, it's uh, pretty good, Bob. Uh, what was the next thing we were going to talk about? Um, Curse Totem. Got a reprint. Oh, I actually want to talk about uh, Nettle Cyst. I think this is actually pretty flavorful. I mean, okay, so Nettle, 
Nettle Cyst is a three colorless artifact equipment with living weapon, which we talked about earlier. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact and each enchantment you control, and it has an equip cost of two. But the artwork is the flavor. The artwork is basically a germ, and it almost kind of looks like the coronavirus. So it's just like a little viral germ with a bunch of like almost morning star looking things coming off of it. And I think it's just really solid. I mean, it gets a plus one, plus one for each artifact or equipment you control or enchantment you control. I mean, dude, any type of like Boros, you know, equipment decks, I think this thing's like solid. I mean, yeah, anything that buffs itself for the amount of things you're already trying to do is pretty good, you know. Yeah, I liked it. I just thought the artwork was like so Sick. on so on point <laughs> for yeah. the last year and a half. So, so yeah. And uh, I definitely want to talk about Curse Totem. If you're unfamiliar, it's from the, it's originally, um, I think Mirage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a two drop artifact. Uh, activated abilities of creatures can't be activated. So it's a two drop that if some squirrely little like ramp deck is trying to just vomit out a bunch of elves and ramp you can just say nah fam especially if you like living plane and then drop this that's hilarious because now your lands are creatures and nobody can tap for mana so it's just a soft walk that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah i mean it's definitely a well-needed reprint in my opinion oh 100 percent. it's 100%. a super good card uh Oh, Shardless Agent is now in Modern. Uh, all those cards that we were like, holy shit, this is busted with Cascade. Uh, you can, yeah, Shardless Agent will Cascade into that and <laughs> cast it for free. Yep. Pretty, pretty good. Um, pretty, pretty good. The, oh, it's right here. Sithis. Sithis, not the Elder Scrolls, uh, I think God of Death, I can't remember I can't remember but either. It's, it's the same name, just spelled differently. Sithis. Uh, Sithis or Scythis Harvest's Hand, a Celestia uh, two drop, one green, one white, for a one two nymph that's a legendary enchantment creature. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you gain one life and draw a card. That's fucking really good. On a two drop in the number one enchantress colors, you know, white green. Yeah. Has card draw and life gain. I mean, fuck the life gain, really. But if it just had draw a card, that'd be nuts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely <coughs> an awesome, awesome card. I think that's going to definitely see a fair bit of play, for sure. I, I, I'm going to build that. Like, I haven't been super excited about most things in Magic for the past, you know, couple sets. I'm, I'm getting... Uh, what is it? Wallet fatigue. Right. And just fucking brain fatigue. Like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, Strixhaven just came out. I just learned some of, the, like, half the names of the cards and what they do. <laughs> and now it's like this massive set is dropping and I'm going to be like, okay, what the fuck does this card do? What the fuck does this card do? Like, my brain is just yeah overloaded. Yeah, it's like it, if you even took, like, you know, two or three months off, it's like you're coming back to... Uh, whole entire new meta everything's different there's so many new decks going on which i like personally i i am pumped i 
I mean, I haven't been able to spend as much money on Magic, you know, recently, but I mean, I am pumped. There's tons of new deck builds coming out, so many new staple cards that it's like you're no longer seeing every deck running the same 20 cards because once this comes out, there's just going to be so many cards that are just so good now that it's, yeah, you know, it's going to shake it up big time. Uh, Dolphy Voidwalker I thought was pretty sick. Yeah. Two black. Uh, Dolphy is the creature type of Shadow from back in whenever the fuck that was. Yeah, uh, Mirage and, you know, right around that time yeah. era. So. Oracle, like the Envex and the Dothy, uh, had were like at war. It's like Encores and Onvex and whatever. And they all had Shadow and they did shit whenever they attacked and dealt damage. This is just a sick fucking card. It has Shadow, so cre this creature can only be blocked or block creatures with Shadow. Uh, if a card would be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, instead exile it with a void counter on it. That's any card. That's not just non-lands or non-creatures or whatever. That's every card that would be put into a graveyard from anywhere. So, you know, you're playing Alter the Brood, turn one, you crack this guy down, turn two. Yeah. You know, so then it's... Uh, he has an ability tap and sacrifice Dothy Voidwalker. Choose an exiled card an opponent owns with a void counter on it. You may play it with this turn without paying its mana cost. You manage to slap somebody's fucking omniscience or some beast of a piece. This thing will cast it for you for free. Yeah. That's busted. I think this guy's really good, and I think the, uh, the creature type... Uh, Dothy Rogue, the Rogue part is definitely. I mean, freaking Eureka and all these. Uh, there's a bunch of like Rogue uh, archetype decks. I mean, so this guy's going right in there, and he's gonna do work. It's, the Anawan, it's, it's unblockable. Right, Anawan, the Ruin. Yep. Whatever is Neil plays. Is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy is really good. He's really, really aggressively costed for two, for a three-two. It's unblockable. Yeah. I'm going to actually, uh, I got my legacy deck, actually, that is uh, Dolthy Shadow Tribal. So, I'm like, definitely, probably going to just slap that in there just because, you know. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be an expensive card. So, good luck. Yeah, well, hopefully I, hopefully I pull one. Pre-release, baby. Yeah, right. Um, I like Captain Ripley Vance, uh, one of the new legendary creatures at, at Uncommon. It's a three drop for a three two. Whenever you cast your third spell each turn, put a one one counter on Captain Ripley Vance. Then it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Uh, we were talking about comboing this with something like Bergy, that when you cast uh, a spell, you get a red mana, and if you pump Ripley with, uh, you know, like the the one mana plus three plus oh plus two plus oh and you keep cycling that with Bergy. so you know i cast one spell i get a red i cast another spell i get a red i cast another spell ripley can be a fucking 15 two and then gack somebody for 15 damage yeah and i mean essentially you didn't really spend any mana 
because you just get the mana to cast the spells with Bergy. So then you still have, you know, probably three mana or two mana, you know, afterwards to then maybe, you know, uh, what was it, drop the hammer or something like that, where it's like after you've already hit him with the damage, then you cast that, and then uh, Ripley deals that much damage equal to its power again to them. Yeah, I mean, even capping it off with something like a Chandra's Ignition. Yeah. You know, as the third spell or whatever. Yeah. Or, or God forbid it's late game and it's like turn seven and you just like pump it with two spells with Bergy on board and then just, you know, freaking flash and flash dictate. And dictate. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, exactly. Yeah. I think it's a pretty sweet card too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it at Uncommon. It'll be easy to get a hold of. I That would be a fun red build to try. Uh, red cantripping and, and uh, allowing you to pump something is pretty easy to come by all the cards are like fucking commons and un- like uncommons yeah you know the best stuff yeah for this i think it's also a, a super good uh include for anybody that plays feather yeah so definitely definitely you just cast those things and you just get them back at the end of the turn and then the next turn you just do it again and or if you remember zada hedron grinder yep uh zada would be an interesting general this would this being in the 99 um, because all of your stuff would target Zada and then target everything else. Yeah. So everything gets the pump, everything gets the whatever, and then you can like crack people really hard. Yeah, with two with two creatures then with that and Zada. Yeah. So yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a really cool uncommon. Yep. Uh, the free bribery. So the bribery with uh, suspend. It is suspend three. For one and two blue. For a search target opponent's library for a creature card, put it on the battlefield under your control. That player shuffles. Uh, Bribery is a really good card. And let me tell you why. Because in a lot of non-CDH metas, uh, Bribery will pull something fucking disgusting. Blightsteel. Uh, Blightsteel. <laughs> Ulamog. Kozilek. Uh, they're, uh, your Crater Hoof. Yeah. Your, you know, just any number of terrible things that you've got in your deck, you know, can be stolen with bribery. This one's free. You cascade into it, it's free. That's pretty good. Yeah. Seems really, really good. Um, and then we have the the interesting soul ring, quote unquote, suspend three for one mana that gives you a soul ring. Uh, it just taps for two for two mana. Yeah, yeah, it's. It, I think this is going to be in the same category as Mox Tantalite. I fucking hate Mox Tantalite. I think it's stupid. I tried it. I wanted to like it so bad. <laughs> yeah. And I just didn't. You know? Which, yeah. It, I mean, it almost kind of looks like a freaking Mox Tantalite, too, in the artwork. But in certain decks, I think, like, especially the Cascade decks, I think it's definitely usable. But outside of Cascade decks, for me personally, I. I won't be running it in anything. I'd, yeah, I'd rather just have a soul ring. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm, you know, gonna be running stuff like that. Um. Yeah, the red evoke card. I'm not super tuned on. It's a five drop with double strike. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it deals four damage. Divide as you choose among any number of target creatures and/or planeswalkers. It has evoke with a exile a red card from your hand. Doesn't that flash? 
Literally all the other ones have flash. Yeah, they should have just gave it flash. I don't see why they sh wouldn't. Because, I mean, that would at least make it, like, worthwhile if, you know, you're trying to use it as a removal spell and somebody's swinging at you and you're just flashing something that's a 3-3 with double strike. Kill whatever it is coming at you. Like, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't... I wasn't as happy about that as I was about the other uh, evoke cards. Um... What else do we got here? I was... I was... There's just so many fucking cards in this set, dude. A lot of them are going to be, like, pretty good. But you're going to need a test. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, I like I like Goblin and Archimancer. Uh, for a red and a green, it's Goblin, Shaman, 2-2. Two, two. Each spell you cost, cast that is red or green costs one less to cast. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I like it, and I mean, I already like it just based on the name, so. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, what else we got here? I think they just spoiled a bunch of commons and and stuff. Not that commons are bad. Uh, Tragic Slip got an interesting new, upgrade. New variation. Yeah, Hellbent. That creature gets Neg 13, Neg 13 instead if you have no cards in hand. I mean, personally, I, I like Tragic Slip better. Oh, but, 100%. But if you're playing a mass discard effect style deck, I mean, I guess. That's, yeah. But. Um, what else we got here? What is this? Resurgent Belief. Uh, a sorcery. It's a white sorcery with suspend for two for one in white. Return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty good. I like the artwork on it too. I like how they all have that frame. Yeah. The visions frame. Like, hey, peering through. Peering in the future. This is what's going to happen. And I think that's Kiora. Yeah. And yep, and Kiora and. Uh, Iroas. Yeah. Yep. Kiora yeah. and Iroas. Yeah, I like that's that. That's pretty art. neat. That's cool. Um, pretty. I think, that's, uh, I think that's about it for the super interesting stuff. Uh, obviously, we're you know you can yell at us on Instagram uh, at MTG survive underscore survivalist or the Commander's Vault or uh, no it's Com's Vault right which which one's the one we do the giveaways from uh, uh, the Commander's Vault yeah the Commander's there Vault. or yeah at me MTG underscore survivalist yeah tell us you know if we missed anything you think is like super good that we didn't touch on uh, hit us up there. Um, but, you know, if you wanted to sit through a five-hour fucking breakdown of every card in Modern Horizons, there's plenty of other people doing that. Yeah. Uh, I will. I would like to say uh, pre-release is coming up this weekend, and we're having a, a two-day event here at the Comics Vault. Uh, so that's going to be Friday. I believe we're doing... Uh, regular commander pods and i believe on saturday we're doing uh two-headed giant that's with fun. with random partners obviously because it'd be broken if you well, just I, could plan <laughs> yeah if you could plan yeah. so yeah that's gonna be a super cool event uh two-headed giant is pretty fun uh variant of commander if you haven't ever played it uh you know just google two-headed giant 
EDH and look up the rules. It's really fun. So it's uh, I've never got to play in any of the the two headed giant tourneys that are here, uh, mostly because I'm working all the time. But um, I do I do like to hear about how things went down because sometimes people do some crazy shit like shit that just can't happen in regular games because you know you're allowed to plan with another player to like do plays. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, as always, Neil's a beast with the prize support. Yeah. Um, and the whole. Uh... Uh, yeah. So um, on my channel on Instagram, MTG underscore Survivalist, I'm gonna actually be doing a giveaway because I just uh, hit six thousand followers there. So I'm gonna be picking up a bundle, a Modern Horizons two bundle here, and I'm gonna be giving that away for my next giveaway. So Damn. as soon as release happens, uh, you can be on the lookout for that giveaway. It's pretty spicy. Modern yeah. Horizons 2 is like a million dollars a box, so <laughs> right. you, you have the possibility of getting a bundle for free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I will say, normally I would probably do like a whole like draft booster box, but hey, man, this stuff's just too expensive, so yeah. going to have to settle for the uh, bundle. But Which, hey, nothing to shake your head at, really. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, it's a, it's a free bundle, so yeah, I mean... free is free. Free <laughs> is the best, as we've, as we've spoken about. Um... Yeah, well, uh, again, thank you for uh, hanging with us for these uh, these couple longer uh, casts where we're kind of picking our favorite cards from Modern Horizons 2. Uh, again, we've probably missed your favorite card. So if we have, hit us up at MTG underscore survivalist uh, on Instagram, the Commander's Vault, uh, or me, CDH Slave. And um, I'm going to be doing a bunch of... Uh, looking over and testing some of the the lists that have come out the new ragavan lists and things like that i'm i'm pretty excited to 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 check out but uh let us know let us know how you do at your pre-release and let us know if you pulled anything sick and uh definitely hit us up like i said if we forgot your favorite card tell us tell us why you know we're always down to always down to talk about the new sets i mean we've done We've been talking about this set for three fucking episodes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, once again, thank you all for uh, tuning in. We are the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And you have a good evening.